It's the Paddlewoo Podcast. What's up, folks? This is the Paddlewoo Podcast, and I am your host, Eric Antonson. It's been a long time since I've done one of these shows, and I am psyched to be back, and I am pumped that today's guest is Evelyn O'Doherty. Evelyn was on the Paddlewoo show a few years back, and I'm super excited to have her back. It was one of the favorite uh, episodes of mine and of a lot of yours. Um, Evelyn's arc of pursuing her passion in the world of stand-up, and that has now led her uh, over a couple of years to being the head and owner of the Stand-Up Journal, one of the world's largest stand-up surfing outlets. So congratulations, Evelyn, and it's super exciting to have you back on the show. Um, before we jump in, the show is brought to you by Blue Zone SUP. If you are looking for an incredible uh, surfing and coaching experience, check out bluezonesup.com or email info at bluezonesup.com. We are booking right now for 2019 and 2020. And if you are looking for your next ride, check out portalsurfdesigns.com. I have uh, been working on the bar, the long bar, and the phantom over the last few years. And this month I am releasing the moon door. And the moon door is my take on a small wave fish stand-up paddle surfboard. Um, super excited to share that with you guys. Check out portalsurfdesigns.com or follow on Instagram at portalsurfdesigns. All right, guys, let's jump in with Evelyn. Evelyn, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. How have you been? Thanks, Eric. Uh, I've been doing really well. It's, uh, it's you know, turning into a beautiful summer here in the Hamptons in New York. And I've been super busy with a whole new business world. And I don't know, I'm just stoked on life these days. It's yeah, good to so, talk to you. Well, it's great to catch up. I always love catching up. I'm stoked to do this one uh, as a podcast. Evelyn and I talk every couple months for like an hour or two, it seems like just kind of just catching up. But this is going to be fun to do it publicly. If um, you guys do not know, Evelyn was a guest probably a couple years ago now on uh, the Paddlewoo podcast. This will be out on the Paddlewoo podcast too. Um, she was a guest and one of my favorite episodes and one of the episodes that I received uh, by far the most uh, appreciative email for because it was the story um, of Evelyn who went from being a, a teacher to living her passion in the stand-up world and now has taken that even to the next level since that and is the owner um, and head honcho at the stand-up journal, which I think is the you know best publication in the stand-up world. Uh, and so it's just been this beautiful arc to watch you go through. And it's really fun to circle up now, kind of on the back half of this as, you know, watching, uh, you know, the whole metamorphosis of, of the journey. So congratulations on everything. And how does it feel? Thanks, Eric. I, uh, I I loved I just loved how you sort of explained that whole arc, and it's true. From the last time we did the the Paddlewoo podcast to now, it's been there's been some big shifts, you know, that have taken place, and in both business wise and also just for me personally as a result of you know sort of making some changes in the business world. Um, it feels great, you know. I'm I'm working my ass off these days, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> and that's the truth. Is like when I took over uh, Stand Up Journal, you know, super stoked, very excited, you know, couldn't wait to get into it. 
And I literally have been working every day since that transfer date, you know, um, it's just, it's just, it's a lot of work, you know, I mean, it's, it's work to run a magazine and we have a small team and, and, uh, who knew, like who knew publishing took so much effort. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, but it's all at the same time, it's awesome. I, I, I love to learn and this has been a massive learning curve, um, you know, since October till now. And we're just, we're getting, we're getting our feet wet. We're getting, you know, some, uh, patterns, you know, for creating the magazines, uh, underneath our, uh, underneath our belts and we're moving forward. So we're doing well, we're doing well. Thanks. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what have you learned? What are, what are the big <laughs> lessons that, that you've learned throughout this arc? Oh, great. I, <laughs> that is, that's interesting. So what I've learned is that there are these things in publishing called deadlines <laughs> that, <laughs> that are pretty strict. Like, you know, even with, I mean, you have to remember for the last like seven, eight years, I've been running my own sort of stand up paddle business and retreats. And, and that means like I'm on my own clock and taking over the magazine. Like there's a whole giant spectrum of like wheels within wheels, uh, that create, you know, a magazine going from the, you know, creating a, a a product that goes to print and then the print product arrives in the warehouse. And then from the warehouse, it gets distributed to our subscribers and, uh, circulation, you know, in, in newsstands and that learning that process, like the actual mechanics of how, to move a magazine off of one's computer through all the channels to get it into somebody's mailbox has been uh, massive. I still think, I think I understand like 85% of it. Um, And I have a really good coach in our newsstand consultant, Tom Ferrugia, that whenever I completely blow it, which has happened, um, he's right there to sort of guide me back and show me how to to sort of create correct a misstep and, and get things back on schedule. So yeah. So deadlines are something I've learned about. <laughs> How did you find Tom? <laughs> uh, he came, he came with the magazine. Thank goodness. Um, since we took it over. So he was the newsstand consultant prior and, uh, you know, we just, we just inherited him with the purchase of the magazine. And I'm super grateful for that because he really is. He's been so patient and, he's a very good teacher, um, and, and is slowly, you know, taking me through the process, of, you know, each, uh, for each issue. And he just has infinite patience and I'm so grateful for him. Um, so you have been running, <clears throat> sorry, retreats and your own stand-up paddle business for a long time. Did you have staff at that point? Were you, a kind of a, a boss manager previously. I, I know when I started, there's so many parallels right here and, and maybe this should be a side conversation at some point, but you know, yep. I started surfing Asara and just the amount of effort and inertia that uh, you had to overcome to get that ball rolling. And then, you know, the skill sets that let me get that started were not necessarily the same skill sets that I needed to manage people and to deal with office drama and all that kind of stuff. So that was a whole nother learning curve, which I never think I, I actually did very well at. Um, but how has that been for you? I'm sure you're going through a lot of the same um, kind of Gross, feelings right? there. Yeah, it's like, gro- it's like gro- growing pains in some ways. Yeah. Um, 
it, you know, I, I had partnerships when I was running my stand-up paddle and, and, and I am still running those on the side, my stand-up paddle and retreat business. Um, you know, and that's sort of how I like to function rather than doing something on my own. I like to partner with people and then we just, we share in the workload, uh, rather than, you know, me bringing on a, an employee. I just created those, those kind of networking relationships wherever I hosted a retreat or if I needed an additional body, you know, for uh, a tour here in the Hamptons, I would just, you know, I'd bring somebody on as a, as an equal partner, you know, and now, um, it's, we're still functioning that way. Like, so stand-up journal is currently run by four people. I mean, it's amazing even to say that. And we are, we are growing, like I'm hiring two more probably within the next week even. Um, and, and that, that's interesting for me, but yet you remember Eric, that I come from a, uh, a, a public school background, right? I was yeah. an eighth grade English teacher yep. and a high school English teacher for a long time. So like sort of delegating is, is not my, it's not a problem, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty capable of, of sort of moving information to people and, and asking them to do things. That's, that's not the, that's not the issue. But what I am concerned about with stand up journal is like, this is the passion project, right? This is, this is literally the dream come true for me. And so I want to make sure that I surround myself with super, high vibing people, you know, who yep. love the sport as much as I do, who have great skill sets, you know, who are able to do what's what we're creating. It's a massive creative project, really, and who want to be a part of it um, on multiple levels, not just, you know, financial. So like seeking out those people in the paddling world that can fill in the gaps of what we need to, to accomplish. Um, you know, is an interesting process. <laughs> so. well, and I know not, not very well, but I, but I've had some great conversations with him and I've heard tremendous things about him. Russ is one of your partners, Russ Scully, uh, wind and waves. And he, he seems like he would be a, a, a great person to have on the team. I, I, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without Russ Scully. And that's the truth, right? So the idea of, of even stepping into stand-up journal was born um, down in Rincon, Puerto Rico, where Russ and I and a whole gang of people were down there um, and surfing one day, and everybody got out of the water, and Russ, you know, Russ is always the last guy out of the water, right? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I love his a, Instagram, man. He just got this big smile. Endless. Like, the right? whole time. Yeah, he just, I mean, that man can put in some serious water time. And, uh, and on that particular day, I just, I just was, you know, the last woman standing out there with him. And we started just sitting on our boards and talking and literally started floating down towards Trace Palmas. And we were just chatting and, and I had told him about this opportunity, you know, to perhaps take over Stand Up Journal as owner and you know it was so perfect because Rincon to me is like one of sort of one of my magical places you know it's like a little portal into um I don't know just getting getting my my cup filled and you know so there we were just tooling around on our boards when Russ was like hey if if that's something you want to do I'd be interested in that and in that moment I was like <laughs> yep that's gonna happen <laughs> That is awesome. Do you know how many crazy decisions I have made after having an amazing surf session? 
the, I don't the know best, if it's a, yeah, they are the best. <laughs> they are. But you look back and you're like, I probably never would have done that if I didn't just catch 30 waves and I was blissed out of my mind. Because <laughs> there's no part of rationality in that decision, but that's awesome. It's very cool, Evelyn. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really blessed. I mean, Russ is, uh, he's many things, right? He's, um, he's a rabid waterman extraordinaire and he has so many levels of skill in that regard way beyond what i have you know in terms of like windsurfing and foiling and you name it like russ is chasing after it with everything he's got and then he's also a, a super astute businessman um who's super successful in his own right and that is really for someone like me who's always been sort of running these small businesses that's been really uh inspiring and then the other thing that russ is is, that I really respect is he's a philanthropist. You know, he he wants to help people, um, and and has lots of you know sort of ways that he sets that up, and that quality alone is where I was sure that this was the right partnership. You know, because ultimately, Stand Up Journal is, you know, it's a platform where we get to help people. You know, we get to sort of celebrate folks who are doing rads rad stuff on the water and uh and so having that giving nature um that was like the deal sealer for me you know just the, yeah. how russ is in the world like that one of our early conversations going back i don't know probably six months or so you were talking about uh opening the magazine up a little bit from just stand-up paddle to kind of more of a, a love of water um, has that been yeah. something that you guys are moving towards? How, how is the magazine reshaping itself? Um, yeah, we are, or, we are. Yeah. I mean, so we're super excited about that. Um, so Stand Up Journal has always, well, it hasn't always been. When when the magazine was first created, uh, it was a magazine about windsurfing and stand-up paddling. Right. Um, and then it transformed as paddling became so vogue, right? So it became a magazine about just stand-up paddling. And now we're kind of at a place um, where, you know, paddling has peaked and maybe has plateaued a little bit. And at the same time, there's just a lot of stoke around the, the sport itself. And, and you know, I really want to hold on to that at its core. And but at the same time, I have, uh, you know, in partnership, I'm with Russ Scully and Jeff Henderson. Right. And and Jeff is Russ's uh, good friend and business partner. And between the three of us, we have like a huge spectrum of water sports that we love. And so it's just natural for us to come outside. So, you know, if at the core we're at stand up paddling, but we're also moving into other periphery water sports as a way to maybe introduce to people other ways to connect with the water when you can't stand up paddle. So we're including foiling. Um, we just had a beautiful article written by uh, Lena Ardell, who's a national windsurfing champion in Turkey. And, you know, we'll be, we're just exploring outside of stand up paddling into other sports that we all do um, in order to bring that to our readers as well. So we're, su we're super awesome. excited about that. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. And I think it's going to be incredibly fun to watch, you know, the growth change uh, in the journal over the next, you know, couple of years. I think it's going, to be, it's going to be awesome. But let's talk about really cool, important stuff now. Like, 
water time. You've been surfing a bunch. Where you've been surfing? What you've been doing? What you've been yeah, riding? Fill me I in. Have. Yeah, I've been lucky. It's been. It was a beautiful. Oh, I had a lot going on. I, it was a beautiful winter for me. Um, <laughs> I, can we debate that real quick, Evelyn? <laughs> <laughs> sure, we can. But I, I don't. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> we, we were uh, we were joking around right before we we started recording this podcast about the this year was my first year living up in Connecticut, surfing Long Island and Rhode Island throughout part of the winter. I tapped out when the water temperature hit. I think it was. 39. Good job. Um, and the waves were pumping and it was just, it was, it was pretty miserable for me. Um, and so I, yeah. I tapped out, but Evan was talking about how much she loves cold water and surfing through the winter. And I did look at her Instagram and it looks like you definitely did surf through the winter. I don't understand how. Um, so <laughs> kudos for being able to do that. But uh, I don't, I don't know if I, if I've caught the cold water bug yet. It's, that's difficult. I think it's hilarious. You know, Eric, I, I feel like I invited you to come surf with me in Montauk like half a dozen times this yep. winter. And yep. a couple of times you actually said you were coming and then you didn't make it. <laughs> well, I did make it one time, though. We, we ended up doing this whole road trip thing to get out there. And um, for, for one of these, I don't remember which swell it was, but it was a couple months ago. And it was supposed to be really good. And the wind switched at like oh, eight o'clock right. in the morning. And it was... Yep no fun and the water was so cold it was cold uh, i remember that because it was the next day is when it turned on yep yeah you were like yep. you were we a, day, a, day. a day early yeah yeah no yep. so i was i was lucky i traveled a bit this winter you know i was writing i am writing i was writing for the app world tour so cool. i got i got to go to grand canaria with them um for the final stop on the 2018 tour and that was super exciting um for me not only as a surfer because that is a very serious wave um <laughs> for for this little new yorker you know and uh, and also to be on tour with the greatest subsurfers on the planet you know for the final event of the 2018 world championship and, uh, you know, if people haven't seen these video outtakes, the final day in Las Palmas, Gran Canaria was the most magnificent surf I think I've ever personally witnessed, you know, wow. and we were, yeah, we were at a little a break called, um, El Arette that is a reeling right hander. And it was, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was easily eight to 10 foot and there's no exaggeration in that and, and just really perfect beautiful barreling waves. So that was, that was fun. Um, you know, I got out and I surfed a few times during the course of the week that we were there. Uh, you know, took my life into my hands a couple of times, but it was, it was great. You know, it was, it was great. And, and then I came home from there, did a quick jump to Puerto Rico, uh, and then was here in New York for, I think January through April. And, uh, and I love it. I mean, I love surfing out here because it gets so crowded in the summer, you know, out in Montauk and it's tough to, it's tough to manage that sometimes. So for me, winter preserves my love of place. And, uh, and I have a couple of gal friends who are completely serious winter surfers too. And we just, you know, we're just hitting each other with texts at 6am to meet at the beach at eight and even if there's nobody else there, like we're in it. And I've surfed, I mean, I, I could talk about this all day. I've, you know, I've surfed like at the lighthouse in Montauk 
with me and one girlfriend for three hours by ourselves in perfect, you know, like sort of shoulder high rolling waves. And it's just, it's really magnificent what happens when you live out here. Um, cause you can catch those moments that are, that are pretty special. Yeah. So it's yeah, it, good winter surf. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a beautiful spot out there and the setup, I didn't get to surf any of those points, um, at, you know, at any sort of like good condition type level, but uh, the setups look insane, and it looks like right there at the end of the point where that wave kind of rolls and bends around. My buddy was saying it can be a good point break. That looks like an insane foil spot. Yes, um, yes, that's something I want to hit soon for sure. All right, all right, I'm gonna take you <laughs> up on that. <laughs> um, wh what's going on with your retreats? I know that you've uh, you've done a couple. I, I don't know too much about them. What, what are you doing? Um, so what I what I generally do, Eric, is I run a either either a stand-up paddling or a surf retreat right i i yeah and uh, and sometimes the stand-up paddling retreats are sup surfing it you know depends on the the crew that comes but in the past what i've been doing is i go down to either puerto rico or barbados and uh, i have a setup in both places that's pretty deluxe and delicious and, you know, I'll spend five to seven days down there with a small group and I keep my retreats super tiny, like maybe eight to 10 people, just so that everybody has a chance to connect, um, you know, and individually get enough attention. And, and that when we do things as a group, like we're, we're really a group, you know, we don't have little factions splitting off to do other things. It's, it's really nice to, to build community, um, on these events too. And, and that's, and that's partly what I, you know, I love to do. So I've done a couple, I've done probably like four retreats down in Barbados. One was a straight up surfing retreat where we stayed at this great, uh, little place right on surfers point called Zed's surfing adventures. And that was great. Everybody, everybody learned how to surf that week. It was pretty extraordinary. And while I was there, I met uh, I met a guy who showed up in the break one day and was surfing and just, he was, he was sup surfing and he was, far and above like better than anybody I'd seen on the island yet so you know I paddled my way over to him and I introduced myself and his name is he's he's a local legend down there his name is Jason Cole and Jason uh, and yeah his, I know Jason of course you do right and yeah Jason right on and, and his amazing wife Sarah run a, a you know an outfit down there called Paddle Barbados and from that one conversation, I connected with them. And now I do a retreat down in Barbados with Paddle Barbados every year. Oh, um, epic. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're spectacular people. They're, you know, really good instructors. I mean, I can't say enough about Jason as an instructor. He's one of the best I've ever worked with. And, uh, and they know that island, you know, they know how to have fun. They know how to, have, you know, just move us around the island. So, so that's a big one. And then. In Puerto Rico, I go down once a year for the uh, Rincon Beach Boy, uh, yeah, the Rincon Beach Boy Sup Race, and okay. have been building a retreat around that. That's the first stand-up paddle race I ever did, like eight years ago, um, and they have been so beautiful and welcoming to me that I just wanted to support that event. So each year when I go down, I do it during the Rincon Beach Boy. Uh, race week and we train for it and we just surf and you know so it's a little bit of sub surfing maybe we throw some foamies out in the break and do some race training snorkeling just everything so we call that the waterman's lifestyle retreat 
And, uh, and at the end, you know, we have this amazing day on the water for the Rincon Beach Boy, which if you've ever been, one thing about Puerto Rico is that Puerto Ricans can throw a good party. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that party for that event goes all day, all night. Like it's, it's legendary. And uh, so anyway, so everybody always has a good time on those, that one too. Oh, that's awesome. That's super cool. Um, so how has taking on the journal uh, kind of changed changed your life? Like as far as uh, you said, you've been working a ton. Um, yeah. Has, what, what's it changed about, um, you know, it's going from being a teacher to, to running a business? How's that? How's well, that it's definitely, I, like I definitely have a, a lot more computer time uh, in my day. You know, I, I have to do a good five to eight hours on my computer. I mean, that's where I run the business um, every day. And that to me is just, it's just, it's a huge shift. I mean, I'm used to being outside on the water, talking with people, you know, like networking, creating all of that. And, and this is different. Like this is just, you know, Evelyn on her laptop, you know, both Russ Scully and Jeff Henderson, my two, like, you know, my key leaders there, those guys are up in Burlington, Vermont. So we're doing all of this digitally. Um, you know, I mean, I see them, you know, we, we meet, you know, occasionally, but it's uh, so it's 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 very different from the previous type of business I've been doing, where I do most of my communicating, you know, either texting or email or you know an occasional phone call. But I don't have like literally, I don't have people like you right now. I don't have you right in front of me, and and that's been that's been challenging for me. I'm I'm really a people lover, you know, and I love to get you know into conversations and you know have laughter and and enjoy you know enjoy sharing just moments together and, and doing everything as a digital nomad is, is different. So, so that there's a blessing and a curse in it. So that's like sort of the, the challenging side of it, the blessing side of it, which I'm just beginning to understand is it's just me and my laptop. Like I can take this laptop and go wherever I want on the planet and I can run my business. You know, um, I haven't been able to really take good advantage of that yet, but I'm working on it. Where do you want to go? Um, well, next week, actually, uh, I'm leaving with my mom. She's from Estonia. And so we're going to spend a week in Estonia together, which is amazing. How oh, killer. Yeah. And I'm going to go. Yeah. I have a date to go paddling while I'm there. And yeah, I'm going to write about that. But but like that's like that's a golden opportunity. I mean, I, I'm able to just pick up my job, my laptop, stick it in my backpack, get on a plane and head out and you know, and that's also great for me with the APP World Tour. I'd like to stay um, connected, you know, with Tristan and those guys. I just, we have a good time. I, I appreciate what they're doing. And, and so I can just take my world with me, you know, and go on tour, you know, a little bit with them and, and continue to run the journal from wherever we are. Yeah. But where do I, where do I want to go? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, my bucket list is like, I want, I really want to go to Alaska and surf the turn again, title bore arm. Um, that's probably number one. And then number two is my a gal pal and I are planning a trip to Tofino in October, which we're pretty stoked about. That's a spot I like to surf. Um, yeah. I've got a couple guys that are good friends out there and they're always sending me photos. It looks like such an epic setup. Yeah. Um, it's a and such a beautiful setup. place too. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, that's really, it's. it just looks like it is unbelievable in terms of the landscape and the wave. Now, that's it, Eric, that's a cold wave. I know. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that when I said it, but I figured I wouldn't hate on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're going to travel, you might as well be warm, but... Um... <laughs> Oh man, have 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 you foiled yet? Has that bug caught you? I I have. Um, you know, uh, if you're friends with Russ Scully, you you're pretty much you get pulled along on on a lot of that. Uh, you know, that sort of innovation. So Russ has pulled me around <laughs> on the back of a boat a couple of times. Um, I've also taken a clinic. I was lucky one week in one weekend here in New York two years ago. One day we had Zane Schweitzer in Southampton giving a foil clinic. And literally the next day, Alex Aguirre was in Brooklyn giving a foil clinic. So I did. Oh, right back. on. Yeah, I was, it was really cool because they are, they're definitely two leaders in the industry, but they also have very different uh, teaching styles. So it was fascinating to have one and then the other uh, right after each other. And, and that, that was amazing. Um, I'd like to get deeper into it, and I just need a partner in crime out here who wants to do it with me. <laughs> yeah, that's important. Yeah, yeah. So that's I'm, important. I'm currently trolling the waters for someone, you know, like, you know, we need a boat, we need a foot, you know, we need to put it all together. So yeah, we're, we're working on it. Um, it has, and I didn't anticipate it. I didn't see it at the beginning, you know, I wasn't that into it when I was watching, you know, Columbus down in Costa Rica talking about it. And, um, I didn't, I didn't necessarily see it yet. And I guess if you're in Costa Rica and the waves are good all the time, it's not as cool as when you're in Florida and it's always flat and right. the difference in being able to foil and not foil is just massive or, or up in, you know, the Northeast too. Uh, right. There's actually a bunch of those points up there that made me want to start foiling. We we were surfing those in the last fall and it was like, they weren't really working. They, yep. you know, it was like kind of gutless and like surfing. I mean, my, my barometer for surfing now after, you know, 12 years down in, in Costa Rica is pretty high. I get it. Um, you know, it's like, I mean, in a, in a year and a half, two years we've been back here. I, you know, there's been like maybe two days that would have been kind of good from <laughs> where we were from, you know, it's like, yeah. and so if you're, if that's your, if that's what you're comparing it to, it's difficult to be happy. I mean, my surfing here for me was just getting out of the water every day, kind of not that stoked because you want to be able to go out there. And, you know, actually, this is a kind of an interesting thought I had the other day about foiling. And I've been just really uh, just obsessed with this lately. And that uh -huh. is that as you get better in surfing, the wave that you need to kind of utilize the, you know, ability that you have uh, you have to have a better and better wave. So as you get better right. in surfing, the wave needs to get better and better for you to kind of like be able to do what you're capable of doing. Yep. The opposite is true with foiling. Yeah, as you get better and better in foiling, the waves that you can do cool stuff on get worse and worse and worse. And so <laughs> it's like this like beautiful incentive package where like the better you get at foiling, the better the waves get, <laughs> which um, is awesome. so, so rad. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's it's but anyways, it was it was foiling those points in um, Rhode Island and or, or surfing those points, but dreaming about being on a foil on those. I was like, I'm going to just do this. I'm just going to put my head down and I'm not going to do anything else until I can do this. And so I've been doing that since like January now. Um, and it's awesome. it's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
Yeah. So I, I, anyways, did, yep. that, that's no, a long just, way of saying that uh, I think you should spend some time doing it because you'd be stoked. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I mean, you know, I mean, where I am out here in the summer, we do not get great surf in Montauk in the summer, no matter what other, you know, people might say. It, it just doesn't really turn on until the fall. Right. So it would be a great, it would be a great thing to, to do. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and like I said, just, just almost everybody I talk to like yourself is just frothing madly about it. And I would love it. I would love to have another way to get on the water for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I just want to throw out like what's been really fun with the journal is incorporating foiling into it. And we just, just now we put our, our next issue, the fall issue um, to bed, you know, sent it to the printer and in that we have like a foil review, we have, you know, foil tips from Alex Aguirre. I mean, like there's some cool things happening in the magazine that just sort of goes along with everybody's personal progression, you know, which yep. is amazing. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, the whole stand up tie in there and that is foiling. If, if you can stand up paddle, your entry into foiling is exponentially easier. Why than is that? If you're Why prone. is that? Because you're up already, because your feet are in the right spot. I mean, you know, like in coaching stand-up for, for a long time, the difficulty is in the transition. So like when you're riding a smaller leader stand-up board, you know, popping up from seated right. to standing is the hardest spot. Once you're paddling, you're pretty good. Well, foiling compounds that to where when you're paddling in prone and then you have to get in while you're managing lift and managing the wave and everything else that's happening – that's a very precarious situation, even for good surfers. Right. And if you can take that transition out of play by already standing and having your feet in the right spot, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's easy because it's, it's a hard sport, but it, it makes it way, way easier. So I think that, you know, I get it. yeah, yeah, I think that would actually be some, some good content for the journal would be kind of like, uh, explaining that to everyone because they, you know, if you already stand up, that's the way to do it for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that makes, and that just makes sense. Like, yeah. Being able to drop and have your feet, you know, where they're supposed to be. Okay. Well, that, that just gives me more incentive this summer to get, to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, um, what else is going on? What else are you up to? Um, what else is going on? I, I feel like I have been in a bit of a work tunnel, you know, since, since I took over the journal in October and I am now just beginning to come out of that. Like I sort of have the rhythm and the routine down and understand, you know, what needs to happen. Um, so I'm, I'm beginning to plan some fun things, you know, maybe in the fall, uh, putting together a false calendar, which will include a I think I'm going to do a private retreat. Like I have a couple of, you know, my clients out here who just want me to put together something in Barbados and we're going to put that together right before the APP's uh, surf first, you know, surfing stop in Barbados. So I'll be down there for a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm talking with their some first other... stop is in Barbados. No, what no, what are sorry, they in New York? The... And then what are they in? No, you're, you're, yeah, and I'm not correcting that. So their first stop is actually in New York in September, right? It's okay. the week, week of Labor Day. Okay. Um, and yep. then after that, oh, there might be another one. So after that, you know, it, uh, I'd have to, I have to look online. Like it, it's, it's such a massive schedule. I don't, I don't have it in my head, but they are. Are you going to, you're going to travel again with, uh, with the Stand Up World Tour? 
Uh, I'm going to do some of it. Like the, the travel schedule is so intensive this year. Like there's sort of, you know, we had the uh, London SUP open in May and then there's this broad gap and then there's the uh, New York SUP open in September. And then it's nonstop for three months, like completely a crushing travel schedule. So I can't awesome. do that. It's, it is awesome. And yep. those guys are totally capable of handling that. I'm not. <laughs> and well, so. excellent for Tristan for breathing new life into this too, right? I mean, it has not been easy, I'm sure, for him yeah. to, to Dude, keep I, going I, on the... I have so oh. much respect for Tristan and Robert and the whole APP team. Like, I, I know there's a lot of noise out there sometimes about it. Um, and I just, part of the reason why I just keep leaning in is, I, you know, I've gotten to know them pretty well and I've watched them under, under pressure. Certainly, you know, I, I did the entire tour with them last year and those guys are working so hard. I mean, talk about another passion project. They're working so hard to just elevate the sport of stand up paddling. Like their intention is good and spot on. And they're doing everything within their power to make that happen, um, no matter what flack gets thrown at them. And, and there is certainly some flack sometimes. So uh, I just, you know, I, I, I can't say enough about, you know, Tristan. He's an amazing visionary and having Robert and Christian and, you know, the rest of his team, you know, that just sort of rotate around to make sure what I always say is when I go to, on tour with them, it's like everybody is really good at their particular job. And as long as we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing, the cogs in the wheel are catching and it's a magnificent product. And I've seen that. Like I saw that in Grand Canaria. I saw it last year in London. I, definitely in New York last year was fantastic. Um, you know, it's really it's exciting to be a part of a team like that. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay connected with them and, and probably drop in. I mean, if I got to pick you know, what events I want to go to. I definitely want to go to the Red Bull Heavy Water uh, in San Francisco, which should be, I think that's mid-October. And uh, give, a, give a little overview of what that is for folks who don't know, because I think it's such a cool event. Oh, uh, so rad. So the Red Bull Heavy Water is an extreme stand-up paddle racing and surf event uh, in San Francisco. And they hold it at Ocean Beach, um, and they will not call the event. They will not run it unless the waves are, I think it's 15 to 20 foot or bigger. And so they wait for a swell, and the athletes are on a two-week call time, you know, where for two weeks everybody's in a holding pattern waiting for it to happen. Everyone has 48 hours to make it to San Francisco, and then they run this race event that goes in and out of the surf break um, multiple times, you know, and they didn't run it last year because the swell just never got big enough, uh, which I just totally respect that decision. And the year before that, it was like, it was during that swell that they were calling the swell of the millennium, you know, and, and it was just a giant heaving mass of towers of white water. And those <laughs> racers were in and out, they were in and out of the surf. I mean, some of them got completely pummeled and you know, Casper Steinfath won that one, but meanwhile, Kai Lenny came in like 14th or something. And I, I, I may not be. Seems so backwards. I, I, I watched so a lot backwards. of that live stream. 
Yeah, you know, but I remember I talked to Travis Grant about that because I was just sort of, I'm fascinated by that event. And Travis came in third um, in, a, in a great like show of just strength and power. And, and what he said, and I love this, is that he said most people just go out and try and just as fast as they can get through that break, you know, and just just get it over with. And and that's not you can't do that when the ocean's heaving that much. So he's you know of course such a, a an amazing waterman. So he was looking for you know what he called flash rips, and flash rips are they happen in the midst of turmoil, right? So the white water is everywhere, and then suddenly like a, a small rip will appear that will just pull a racer out, you know, between a couple of peaks and maybe it only runs for 15, 25 feet and then it stops again and you have to begin, you know, look again. But that's what, how Travis and then young Ryan Funk, who came in second, that's how both of them got out through the break, you know, and I just, I, I thought that was great. Um, so much respect. And, and this year, last year too, but they didn't hold the event, but this year they're also um, 10 women are going to be in the lineup as well. So it's not just, it's not just the guys this time. It's the women are going to belly up and, you know, they've asked for this opportunity and, and now it's here. And, and I just have so much respect for the, the female research, you know, Andrea Mahler and um, Fiona Wild, uh, you know, Candace Appleby certainly will be out there. Uh, Tareen Black, you know, so it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be, I mean, in more ways than one. So I, 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 that's my number one pick. You know, <laughs> if, I can, <laughs> if I can participate, I definitely want to be there for that. Well, hopefully Tristan will hear this and send you an email <laughs> next week. Yeah. <laughs> Get you out there. You yeah, know, it'd be great. So. Would be a, uh, some like the, a live feed from that event. Cause it, that was one thing that was Kind kind of lacking from the two year ago when I there was some guy on the beach streaming it, um, but it was there was no like a official live feed. I don't think. Yeah, I know they had trouble with that because you can't really fly a drone, right? Because the waves are so big that you've got so much spray in the air, you yeah. know. So that was hard, and they and just also how you know I, I I mean I just I get the logistics of where they struggled. I mean they have a boat. But then the boat is behind the break, and then you'd have someone on the beach. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure yeah. they're working on it. I'm sure they're talking about it because every everybody wants to see that live feed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah no, as a fan of the sport, uh, mm -hmm. be awesome to be able to watch. I think it'd be one of the coolest events, kind of in the waterman sports world, right? I mean, you get to watch people surfing big waves most of the time with some sort of jet ski assist when they when they get work. You don't get to see a lot of guys take a 14 foot board and have to deal with it um without that support it's so insane it's i mean it yeah. really is it, i mean when the, that event ran two years ago there's a great video out of kai and connor are trying to push their way through that break and they just keep getting swept back and swept back and swept back and and they, they literally wind up a half a mile down the beach within minutes you know, and eventually, of course, they get out. But it's, 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 it's a, it's an event on a whole different magnitude, you know, than anything we've seen, you know, seen before. Because it's not on a surfboard; it doesn't make sense. You know, it's it's with those skinny race boards that you know those guys can surf. Thank goodness, but um, it takes a lot of waterman skill to manage that that level of extreme surf. Oh, and and just uh, pure guts to be able to 
paddle. You mean you have to, they, the way that the race worked last time is that everyone was staged on a boat. Correct. And the start of the race was off the boat. And then you had to paddle in through the break, catch a wave. And this is like 15 right. to 20 foot ocean beach, which is an incredibly heavy wave, run around a buoy on the beach and then paddle back out through the surf. Right. And so the first thing you have to do, and there's, there's a great live feed at the time. So I'm probably online somewhere where, you know, they're filming the boat and there's guys in the boat, like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have been a guy that I'm not doing this. This is just, just nuts. I mean, yeah. to take a board that is definitely not made to drop into a 15 to 20 foot wave and to <laughs> attempt to do that. And then inevitably going over the falls with essentially a carbon fiber canoe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just projectile. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, and it wasn't uh, even you know like I remember a few years ago when uh, you know M two O the Molokai to Oahu race was the at the end of the race they had to surf in through fifteen foot um, fifteen foot surf you know like it's you could compare it to that but the fifteen foot surf in that event was like perfect like it was pristine you know and ocean beach is more like a man crushing shore break <laughs> yeah and woman crushing this year and woman crushing well and they, I'm, I'm excited i mean this is literally something that they asked for right all the pro women they said we want to be a part of this and yep. here we go like i'm i am stoked to see it happen i think it's awesome yeah me too i think it's amazing um so the other events, Stand Up World Tour, you got the first one, uh, New York, and then they're doing Sunset again this year. Do you know? They're, they do Sunset. They did Sunset, and that's in February. Oh, right? yeah, that's right. And that was for yeah. this season, though. Was it that already was this for, season? That was for 2019. Yeah. So you're actually, I don't have it all straight in my head. So they the first stop. Um, is sunset right and that was february and then the next one is new york um oh, there's a third oh then there's barbados for the world surfing and then it wraps up again in uh grand canaria so those are the four for the surf and then first uh for racing it's london we had the london sup open then we'll have the race around the statue of liberty in new york and then they, I believe they go to Brazil. They're going to Rio um, and a wrap up in, darn it. <laughs> I'm not uh -huh. sure. I'll have, to look. I'll have to look where that wrap up is. Yeah, last year it was in Paris. I don't think they're doing Paris this year. So it's, it's a new, it's probably a new venue. As we are doing this right now, I'm sitting um, at our place in Jacksonville Beach and there are two guys on stand-ups paddling in front right now. One That's guy could awesome. use some work on his stroke, though. That yeah, is, that, right? That drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one I call the barbecue stroke. It's like somebody just hands a guy a board and a paddle at a barbecue, and they go out there and they do that stroke. <laughs> the yep. other guy's doing all right. Yeah, I um. Yeah. I, I mean, that's one of the things is, you know, it, it's funny, like having, having bought this magazine, people say the darndest things to me, you know, like people I haven't seen in a long time will come up and be like, wow, how's the magazine now that stand up paddling is like falling off the cliff. And I'm like, Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. But I, in my perspective, Eric, like I see more paddle boards on cars these days than ever before. 
Oh, Osaka. That's sorry. <laughs> that's the that's the wrap up for the uh, racing tours in Osaka, Japan. Oh, um, epic. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be amazing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I feel like stand up paddling is, you know, it's gro- it's still growing, but it's like it's sort of morphing into something you know, more on a recreational level. We definitely love the yep. sporting side of it, the performance side of it, but the, but the rec racers, I'm just going to give a huge mm. shout out to this guy too, that I've, I've spoken to about the Kentucky Waterman series. Have you ever heard of this? So no. the, the Kentucky Waterman series is an inland series of stand up paddle events. And, the, and they have outrigger and you know multiple watercrafts as well surf skis that kind of thing but they have events that are literally the largest stand-up paddling events on the i think on the planet like you know um jerry sivo the the man who coordinates the kentucky waterman series says that one of their events brings in 2500 paddlers (laughs) wow and that's yeah and there and this weekend this past weekend they had one I don't have the names of them right in front of me, but they had one on um, the Ohio River. And it, it, it's just amazing. You know, it's amazing to me that there's these inland events that you and I don't hear about because we're such coastal people. But there's a ton of stoke going on in the middle of the country. And, you know, and events like this Kentucky Waterman series are just on fire right now, <laughs> like the yeah, like the Ohio River fire. But um, you know, it's just, it's exciting to know that that's happening too. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of good things happening in the stand up power world. Um, you just touched on the sport of stand up falling off the cliff, which I don't agree with either, but how do you see, um, growth? I mean, we went through a contraction phase for sure for a couple years there. How, how are you seeing it now as far as percentages of like, rec paddlers to rec racers to serious racers to surfers um how do you see that breakdown do you is that something you try to do with the magazine too is to kind of correlate content to demographics or oh yeah do what's interesting yeah oh yeah no we're definitely you know looking at what people are you know people are looking for and and truthfully you know the uh competitive side of stand-up paddling is not like a major draw for people at stand-up journal. Um, I think it's really important to have exposure there so that people know that there is a competitive, you know, there's stand-up paddle surfing, there's stand-up paddle racing, and there is a competitive sport for those people who want to compete. Um, but the, you know, I think the majority of paddlers on the water right now are just, you know, wreck paddlers who, you know, are putting their kids on the nose of the board and spending, you know, time down at the beach together and paddling is a way to just get out on the water and, and enjoy part of the day. Um, and so my job is literally to, you know, reach people like that and just try and introduce them to new cool ways they can be on the water, you know? And so in my, my personal world, like when I do my retreats and my clinics, um, I'm always trying to help people just progress a little bit. So if they're like, as an intermediate paddler, they've been paddling for a few years, I'm encouraging them to either a learn how to surf or, you know, sub surf or B 
get involved in racing because that also improves your stroke, you know, that you have to sort of dial in your stroke if you're going to try and go fast. And, uh, you know, so, so I, I feel like there's just a lot of, there's a lot of meat out there in the stand up paddling world. And it's just a matter of getting people inspired. And the other part of that I love about what I do is, you know, I love the events that I'm a part of, you know, the New York sea paddle and the Rincon beach boy, but I'm also, I love being a part of them because I believe in the causes. And, you know, whenever there's a stand-up paddle event around raising money for clean water initiatives, I, like, I, I get completely revved up on that. And, uh, and, and that's ultimately the goal of Stand-Up Journal is, is we want to inspire people who love the water to, to participate in the preservation of it. And, and protecting it from, you know, from outside contaminants and, and in whatever way, shape or form is possible. So, you know, in every issue of the magazine, we're definitely, we're talking about just different environmental issues that are going on and, and, and looking at it through the, the lens of stand-up paddling. Um, I forgot where I even started with all of this. Anyway, but it's, you know, there's, oh, the percentages. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I still see a lot of people coming into stand up paddle surfing. And personally, I know a ton of women that want to learn how to sup surf and they would never learn how to prone surf because that just looks too complicated for them. But sup surfing isn't as frightening. And that to me is super, super exciting, super inspiring, you know, um, you know, so I think there's there's a lot of people out there on flat water stand up paddle boards, and I think there's a lot we can draw from that, you know, and and just encourage people to start looking at water sports from a multifaceted angle, not just looking at it like I'm going to put my kid on my board, I'm going to paddle, you know, half a mile and call it a day. Um, yeah, yeah, you know. Like there's always, you know, I, I have a friend of mine out here who we always kid around. We want to have, you know, we want to have a paddle games day. And, and that includes like scavenger hunts on paddle boards and little, you know, paddle races and, and you know, maybe having three people on a board that's not built for three people and doing races that way. And, and just mixing it up, you know, to to really just have fun. It's really it's about right. We're having fun and we're celebrating something that's really gorgeous out there. And that's all the beautiful water that this country has. So the more people we can get down there to it, to enjoy it and love it, the better off we are. Yeah. And it's 100 percent of that last point, just enjoying the water. You know, the other night I was out foiling and my wife paddled out on just a big long bar that I have, just a big stand up. And we're sitting out there and, you know, a pot of like eight dolphin just cruised through and Sarah's not going to catch a wave. She doesn't care at all about that. She just wants to be out there and she just sits there and just enjoys it. And I've got a buddy in, uh, in Costa Rica who's um, uh, super into foiling right now. And his mom actually spends a lot of time down there with him. And while he's out on this one reef, she'll paddle out in a you know, 10 foot uh, stand up and just sit there and just relax and enjoy the water. Um, and it's just such a beautiful connection to, uh, to the ocean and, and everything, you know, it's amazing. Today we were out on the boat for a few hours, uh, towing and had some really cool things happen. I saw about a five foot tarpon 
which was wow. really cool because you don't see them that often, or I haven't seen them that often in the Atlantic out here. And um, yesterday I saw manatee offshore here, which was pretty dope. And then today I was going to do this little cutback on, you know, it's like one foot, it's tiny. And there was this little like three foot shark literally missed him by a foot. And so I'm doing this turn as the shark is swimming right by my foil. I'm looking <laughs> down at him just thinking, don't fall. Yeah. Don't wanna... <laughs> right. I don't want to encounter. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like I don't remember any of the waves that I caught today, but I'll remember that shark forever. That's so cool. Yeah. It, re- it really is. I mean, and yeah, I mean, that's what we have a lot of great sea life here on Long Island, too. I mean, th- people have been spotting whales breaching. And last, I, you know, last summer, late last summer, I had an encounter with a pod of dolphins, too. And it's just, yeah, it's all about it's just about connecting to it, you know, and being out and, it, you know, being present. And when you're out there and you're on the water, just experiencing the magic. So and, and paddling is such a great way to to get people to step off land, right? Because it's an easy enough skill to pick up, to move, you know, onto a flat water paddleboard and and just sort of shift your perspective. And in my opinion, that's what it's all about is when we look at land from the, from the perspective of the water, you you view it differently. Like it's just, it's really, it's powerful what happens out there. And and I think that when you're standing, when you learn to stand on water and sort of interact with it that way, then you just naturally want to protect it because it is—it's a playground, you know. And you also know how beautiful it is because you're having a personal relationship with it. So I mean, that's ultimately all of those things somehow need to fit into the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds easy, Evelyn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, I know you've got a hard stop coming up here in a couple minutes, um, and I really appreciate your time and sharing all of this. Um, anything that you want to leave mm. folks with? Anything of importance that they can check out coming up besides definitely getting the journal? Where can people get the journal? How can people follow Stand Up Journal? Follow you? Uh, all that. That's awesome. Thanks, Eric. Um, so, well, it's super. It's a really exciting time right now today because on. Uh, July, it's either July 5th or 7th, depending, but the first issue since I've taken over Stand Up Journal will hit newsstands, let's say July 7th, that's a good date, is going to hit newsstands on July 7th, and uh, and we're super excited. It, the whole magazine has been rebranded, it's got a new design to it, it's got great new content, we're just beyond excited to get that thing out there finally. What newsstands, um, where can people specifically so get it? You can buy Stand Up Journal in Barnes and Noble. Um, yeah. Ac- yeah, across the country. Um, you can also get it in Books a Million, as well as uh, Gelson Supermarkets in Southern California, which is super exciting. And, and it's also present in select uh, West Marine retail stores. Otherwise, it's found in like your local area surf shop. You know, we're, we're moving into, you know, just have surf shops take subscriptions. And so you can just drop into your local surf shop and get, and get one. Sure. You, can, you can subscribe to Stand Up Journal um, and have it delivered to your doorstep. We have a really sort of great package, how it arrives, you know, for you in a, in a beautiful um, envelope, you know. And that is, you can go to Stand Up Journal online. It's www.standupjournal.com. And there's a subscribe button. 
And for $49, you can have four issues, right, a full year's worth of issues delivered to your doorstep. And, and these aren't like normal for, for folks thinking that 12 bucks is expensive for a magazine. These are not normal magazines. These are ones I have stand-up journal issues going back four or five years down at Blues on our camp in Costa Rica. We have, I don't know, five or six issues that just have been on the coffee tables down there. Uh, for the last couple of years and everybody just checks them out. They're, they're like coffee table books more than they yeah. are like a magazine. Yeah. So yeah, it's, a, it's a high it's glossy, rad. perfect bound. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, strong paper. Yeah. I mean, we do say that, that every issue is kind of, is a, is a collector's edition. I mean, I just, today I was on the phone with a guy from New Jersey who was just begging me to find an issue from 2012 and crazily <laughs> enough, awesome. crazily enough, I, I put my hands on it in my garage, which I was like, yes. So, you know, it's really, it, it really does carry, um, a super long shelf life and, and we're definitely going to re up your, uh, your content down there in, in Nosara, Eric. <laughs> Please year, we'll, do. We, yeah, we'll, we'll send we down a suitcase it. or maybe I'll deliver it. Like maybe that's what I'll do is I'll just deliver. That's it. a better idea. Come down yeah. more down there. We'll be down there <laughs> late July, I think. Awesome. Oh, that's actually, that's a good time for me. That's, that's open. Yeah, um, we've got the, uh, we're not running. I'm going to go down there in between a few weeks. Chase has been just crushing it uh, for the last, uh, I don't know, this whole season. He's been really busy. And I'm going to go down and we're just going to kind of do just like a, a fun trip. Just oh, awesome. Nice. You know, before he heads to the gorge. Right. Um, right. That sounds and, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, end of July. Okay. Open right, invite. I'll, I'll keep, thank you. I'll, keep, I'll definitely keep it on my radar. I would love to get down there with you. Um just, it just looks amazing, you know? So yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, if I could, if I could ask for one thing from people, like everybody says, what can I do for stand up journal? Just get on Facebook, you know, get on Instagram and just come over to stand up journal and just, just talk to me there. Like I, you know, I do a lot of work with social media and I'm really trying to get some interesting tidbits out there and just, just interact, you know, with the social media and, and come to the website, you know, www.standupjournal.com and read the content. Like we're really, we're, we're working hard and, and we just would love feedback and hear what people are thinking about and what they want to read about and, and, uh, about anything. It does not have to be about stand up paddling. It could be about training or, you know, yoga for paddling or foiling or, you know, whatever. Um, we're really interested in being a community hub that reflects back what you, what you've asked for. So, you know, any interaction that people can, can offer, I would be so stoked to talk to people. Yeah. Awesome. Super cool, Evelyn. Well, thanks again for doing this. I, I really appreciate it and uh, Eric, thank you. catch up very soon again. It's the Paddle Podcast. <laughs>